0: This episode of After the Whistle contains profanity. Listener discretion advised.
1: Please enjoy. So I'm driving down the the throughway today, and I see signs, billboards like those you know those billboards, Craig, that change in the middle of the. Like, you know, it'll be one thing, one minute, and then the next minute, the, that's a new advertisement. Yep. I saw billboards everywhere. Do you know what they said? I do not. It wasn't like, welcome to Buffalo, three first-round picks. It was, save Craig. <laughs> Good one. Good one. People have been worried sick about you. They have been from Twitter to DMs to emails. Where's Craig? Even our own personal friends, yeah, are like, what, "What's going uh, on with Riv? We phone, know he's uh, he's not well." Yeah, the
0: phone definitely blew up. It uh, was a rough. Uh, it was a rough week, but you know, listen for the for the people that uh, were just wondering why I was away. I ended up you know, getting vertigo. And I don't know if anyone's ever had vertigo, but it is, it's literally the worst thing you can have, you know, the room spinning every time you move your head. And it was just interesting. I got, you know, I was very stuffed up there and clogged. And obviously when your sinuses and your ears and stuff like that, get all, you know, bunged up, then, uh, you know, I haven't had that. I haven't had vertigo in, uh, in like 20, 24 years, last time I had it, I got absolutely the shit kicked out of me by a guy named Brant Myers from the Philadelphia Flyers. He knocked my head off my shoulders in the Bell Center one night. I had a major concussion and uh, I was at home the entire time and I ended up getting vertigo um, in that recovery phase. Um, and I think I was probably maybe around 24, maybe somewhere around there. Um, And I haven't had it since. Can I
1: ask you a personal question? We never really go there that often, but Elliot asked
0: me. Yeah.
1: He asked me off the air, obviously, respectfully. He was just asking out of concern. Yeah. And I told him, he's like, he's like, hey, what's up with Craig? And I mean, you know, I don't talk about like if some random person on the street said, hey, what's up with Craig? I'm like, oh, he's not feeling well. Elliot asked me. Yeah. I told him, I said, hey, you know, he has some vertigo going on right now. And I said, you know, but. And then he asked me flat out, he said, do you think some of that is from concussions or, you know, head issues from hockey? And I, I honestly told him, I said, you know what, Craig and I've never talked about that. So I, I said, I don't know. I said, I, I said, I know that it can be a number of things. And I had it like eight, nine years ago, really badly. And it was a, it was my neck. It was all caused by my neck. So yeah like one of my vertebrae in my neck was rotated. So yeah. not like herniated or, you know, kind of like out of alignment. It was like rotated around. So like turned and it was causing all these issues with my equilibrium. And yeah. so, so I, I'm just, my I guess well, my what happens is, do you, you think you some know, you of get, it is from hockey uh, or do you not even want to talk about that? Well, no, I, I I don't have a problem talking about this.
0: Uh, do I think it's from hockey? Um, I don't know. I can't I can't tell you right now that it's a guarantee um, that it's it. This has happened. Like, listen. I mean, I told you before. When I was 24 years old, was the last time I had vertigo. Now I'm 47, and I'm at my cottage, and I and I end up getting. I ended up getting vertigo and I was basically in, in a dark room in the back of the cottage in, in, uh, and it you know, can be just, caused
1: by anything water in the ear for crying out loud can cause that yes. kind of, a well, if you a, get infection,
0: if you have symph- if you have any sinus issues and your, and your sinus cavities get filled up, um, that can go into your ears and all of a sudden now the crystallids that are in your ears fall out of place. And now all of a sudden that's what creates the vertigo. It creates the spinning because these, these, uh, crystallids are not in the right place in your eardrum because that's what gives you your balance.
1: Right. Um, right. Is it,
0: is it from concussion? Is it from, you know, issues that I've had throughout my career? I can't answer that, but what I can't answer uh, is this is, um, one of uh, one of the one of my friends, I had, I had many calls because listen, I mean Andrew Peters was, was on with Elliot Freeman by himself, and uh, Paul Hamilton Fucking uh two shred- great shows by the absolutely way, absolutely shredded it. Paulie Hambone Hamilton, love listening to him, and I, I was be honest with you, PD, I was in my room the entire day for 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 four or five days, and to have you guys, I I, I, I now appreciate our listeners, our, our listeners are waiting for our content to, you know, the enjoyable bullshit talk that we spew out of our mouths, you know, a couple times a week to, to allow people to escape, you know, life. Um, I understand what they're feeling right now, because I'm going to tell you right now, I could not wait for the next episode. I'm not kidding you. It it was fantastic. Cam bone was awesome anyway.
1: Well, that makes, it makes, that
0: makes me wonder like, uh, you know, yeah, maybe. How maybe strong I'm of a link, link are you? <laughs> not, not very strong. Oh, not very off. strong. And fuck. listen, I, I listen. I'll, I'll pat, I'll pat you on the on the back. I'll kick you in the ass when it's time. But uh, listen, you're great, great at what you do. Oh, you're yeah. entertaining. Tell me. Tell me more. And I, and I enjoyed those episodes. But I, what I will say is this: I, I had a lot of buddies that listened to the podcast, and uh, one of those buddies was, uh, was Kyle Poso. Calaposo gave me, uh, gave me a call, uh, just to see how I was feeling and stuff like that. And he and,
1: heard about it through the pod. Yeah. You heard about Fucking it. it, it, through it. The pod, Thanks Kyle. Right. Cause he goes, to the golf,
0: he goes to the golf course and he hits balls and he just puts in, he just escapes from everyone and he puts in his ear pods and he just goes and hits. Guess I balls won't shit talk him anymore. Yeah. So, um, Kyle, uh, had sent me uh, a message saying kind of like, Hey, listen, I had, I've had that before too. I came back off off a flight, you know, a couple of years ago, I don't know when it was, and uh and he told me that he went and saw somebody that basically manipulated the spine and released all this pressure and tension in the inner ear and he seemed to kind of feel a lot better after this this guy had worked on him. And uh so a day or two in, I just kind of said, Okie, I'm, I'm heading back to Buffalo. Can you pass me along this guy's name? And this uh, this Don Dudley, who has actually been working with the Sabres, I'd contacted him and just told him what was going on. And he, I drove in yesterday, okay? The whole family drove in. Two cars, the traveling, uh, you know, berries there. for yeah, an
1: earache? <laughs> yeah, earache, um, yeah.
0: But anyway, we got in, pulled into the pulled into our driveway after six hours of driving, and uh, this guy literally pulled in my driveway as all two cars pulled in, and he drove from Rochester to come and see me. And what we were talking about before was you were asking me, are there anything that you can think of that may have you know done something over your the course of your career, whether it's concussions or something else, so. We went in, um, laid down on the table and he started asking me some questions. And the interesting thing is, uh, um, I started to tell him, well, Hey, you know, I had, I'm, I'd played hockey previously. I played for Montreal Canadians and I played for a little bit of the Sabres. And I, he goes, Craig, before you even say a word. He goes, I know everything about your, I know everything about your, he goes, I know you a lot better than what you think. He goes, I've watched your career. I'm a huge hockey guy. I work for the Sabres, which I didn't know at the time. Um, and he also said, I'm a huge, huge fan of your podcast. And I said, what are you serious? Yours. He goes, he he goes I, I yours. listen every day to your podcast. And he goes, I know that you've been sick. Because when, um, obviously the, when
1: Petey crushed it with Elliot and then crushed it with Hamilton without you. Yeah. They talked about it.
0: So he, he basically had just said that he knows everything about me. And he, the first question he asked me was this, he goes, obviously I know you've had concussions in the past. I said, yes. He goes, have you ever had any broken bones in your face, your jaw, you know, facial fracture, anything like that? I said, yeah. I said, I broke I broke my orbital bone, you know, 20, 25 years ago. And he goes, and he just started shaking his head and he smiled and he's, and so this guy worked on me from head or from toes, like literally my toes all the way up, worked through all the impurities and everything, he goes, your spine's out of whack, your hips are out of whack, your left side's this, he's like, then he got gets up and this is crazy gets up into my neck and he's just kind of like holy jumping he's like holy jumping you know he's working and all of a sudden he's my wife is there getting a a lesson like a literally a lesson on the entire body she was fascinated but he was cracking and moving my head and i all of a sudden the, the, the place would start spinning and he would kind of manipulate certain things. But um, I'll tell you this. I went to bed last night. I felt terrible. Uh, my body was super sore and achy because my ribs feel my ribs, all my stomach, my back, they all feel like they're out of place. But he's like, no, they're actually in place. Now you've been out of, you've been out of whack for so long that now things are, are, are back in back in place. But
1: um, were you, and I, I, honestly, I don't know this. Were you even able to, did you watch the draft or were you just paying attention on social media? How were no, you following no, the draft? listen,
0: I mean, I started to come out of it, uh, you know, around the draft, I started to feel a little bit better and I, popped up the, uh, computer on, in my bed with my, with my oldest son who, who played against a lot of these guys. He's played against Matt Savoy He's played against Shane, Wright. He's played against a lot of these guys. And now to see these guys, you know, guys that were from Boston, guys that were from Pittsburgh, he, we played against, uh, Logan Cooley since, since he was nine years old. You know Not what sure, I'm saying? Right? So to see, and, and Logan Cooley was a good player. Like he was a good player, but he wasn't a third overall freaking draft uh, pick in the National Hockey League back then. But listen, I mean, kids grow, they work at it uh, um, and they continue to get better. And there's Their parents
1: uh, spent countless hours and money and hours and money and money, hours and, and, money. and money and hours and <laughs> tires. And yeah. holy shit, man, what a life it is to get to the draft. Like what? It's, I look back I, at my parents. I look back at my parents, and I think, I don't want to do that. And and now, listen, Brody doesn't play hockey. That has nothing to do with me. I've introduced him to it. I've tried. All I know is, I'll do it in any other sport. I'll do it in any in any other sport. I don't want to do it in hockey again. I'm kind of blessed. It do hockey. Hockey is fucking exhausting, man. Yeah, it's by far the most ex- exhausting sport there is to man tying your skates, taking them off, tying your skates. Like, fuck man. Listen, like, I, I'm going to tell you this though. Why kids... I don't play anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean? Why don't I play hockey yeah, but, anymore? Petey,
0: every one of these kids, every single one of them, every single solitary one of them loves hockey more than life itself. They and love I did it, too at it. that age. And I'm going to tell you this it has nothing to do with kids. Fuck the kids. <laughs> Because they, they're the ones that just are, they're going to their heaven. They're going to their safe place. They're going to the place that makes them feel better than any place on the planet. I'm going to tell you right now, every single parent, every single one of you, every single mother, every single father, every single grandfather and grandmother. Or How about uncle the siblings that, that get dragged around? That have put the time, the money, and the effort to take these young boys and these young girls to the rink, you are the heroes. You are the ones don't live for them. Please do not fucking live for your kid. Okay. Cause your time's up your time. You fucked your time up. That's why you're working your job and whatever you do not fuck this up for your kid. Okay. Let him love the game. Let him or her strive and work harder and, and just
1: enjoy Oh, how can parents moment. how can parents quote unquote fuck it up for their kid what do you mean oh, by that where where are you speaking from i don't want to go there this you is not go the, there for a, well, jesus we're talking about the draft everything that you're about to talk about goes every single kid in that draft has been through some kind of fucking hell with hockey i don't care listen i i'm i'm just an individual i'm an individual i'm a father
0: I'm, I'm a guy that has been playing hockey or been a part of hockey for 40 plus years of his life. Okay. Um, my hockey days are over. Um, I, I really do not miss playing the game of hockey. Okay. I really don't, but I do have a passion and an absolute love to be around good people, be around good kids. Okay. And be around good parents that, that are there to support and guide their kids. and. And for me, you're going to run across, and people, people know, people know whether it's in social media or whatever. um, There's a lot of people that have played the game in the NHL, coached in the NHL. They talk about, you know, the parents, the parents are the biggest problem. The parents are the biggest problem in any youth sport. It's not just in hockey, Pete it's in it's everywhere it's in baseball it's in soccer it's in
1: football the parents are the problem the kids are not the problems the kids are are i agree with you but i disagree with you at the same time but i'll let you finish your point because i i feel like the game the sports make the parents that way like the commitment that is required the money that is required i mean like the time from a young age, I'm, I'm anyway, I don't want to sidetrack you, but go ahead, go ahead. The well, listen,
0: I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been through both. I've been through, I've been through, I've seen parents that have really had incredible attitudes. They're just, they're, they're incredible, incredible people. And I'm going to tell you, they do a lot. They get, they give their kids everything, every opportunity to get better, whether, whether it's training off mm-hmm. the ice, whether it's, um, finding a special, Figure skater or power skating coach. It's the it's the spring hockey that that comes with endless amounts of dollars flying out of your bank account because you're you're traveling from Boston to Pittsburgh to Chicago to Detroit to Vegas to like I mean New Hampshire and parents do it and there's a lot of parents out there that that I've that I've personally been through. There's a lot of parents that have done a super super fantastic job with their with their young men and young women, okay? And then there's others. There's others that are doing it for it, it's almost like they're driving the bus with their vision not the kid's vision. They're doing all these things and pushing the kids to do these things. And the kid is kind of in a situation of pushing back, not really wanting that. And the parents are driving the bus and they're making it worse. And the kid's just going to do what he's going to do because that's what kids do. They just, they, they do what they're told and they're guided. And there's a lot of batshit crazy parents out there. I've seen a lot of parents that are just like, you have got to be freaking kidding me.
1: But if their kid, if their kid ends up like getting a scholarship or, you know, whatever, and I'm not, you're absolutely right. But if their kid ends up getting a scholarship or whatever, getting drafted, even in the ninth round, hard it is to get a scholarship. We're talking about playing the OH get drafted in the OHL get drafted. I'm talking, I'm talking about these, these parents, but I'm because, you know, the parents of the kids that get drafted, I understand the ones that don't and all the time and effort and how the disappointment that must go into it. But at the end of it all, is it, is it worth it? If the kid doesn't want to go, but he, they, he goes anyway and he ends up getting drafted. I mean, I'll I'll tell you this. Do you understand my question? I I totally
0: get it. But where I'm going to go with this is, you know, a lot of kids, a lot of kids start skating when they're five. Some kids skate, start skating when they're three, the kids that start skating like they're, when they're three are unbelievable at five. Do you understand? And, yep. the, and and kids start skating at five and six, some at seven. Okay. But the kids that skate at three, that literally have been on the ice at three for, for two years. And they go to five. Now, all of a sudden they're in this little cross ice game and fucking little Johnny scores six goals. And, and dad's sitting in the, in the stands like, Holy fuck, my kid's unbelievable. He just scored six goals. He's really something. He's really special. No, he's not. He's just started. Doing something two years before the the rest of the kids, then all of a sudden, when you reach eight years old, that kid that started when he was five years old is now really he's a really good hockey player. He's been on the ice for five years. He's put in so many more hours, stick handling, shooting, skating than the majority of his kid uh, of his peers. Okay, and this is this is the crazy time. This is the bat shit crazy time. Seven years old to 12 years old, parents honestly are thinking and looking at their child thinking, I think he's got a chance. (laughs) I think he's got a, I think he's got a chance to to do something in hockey. The the, the entitlement at nine and 10 and 11 years old of the top kids. Okay. The top kids at nine, 10 and 11 parents are thinking, my kids, the shit. Yeah. My kid should be playing on every power play, every penalty kill. He should be dominating. Your kid has been on the ice for 10 fucking thousand hours more than the kids beside him. So he's not better. He's just been on the ice more, but it's all going to catch up. Yeah, okay? it is. Then all of a sudden you have these, these these families that have the superstar kids at 9, 10, 11, and 12. Puberty hits. The hairy ballers come out. The hairy ballers come out. All of a sudden, some fucking kid who's been playing double A, who has been horrendously bad, who has not ever done anything in the summertime, no development, nothing is now literally one of the best kids in all of your city. You're like, how is that even possible? He hasn't done anything. Yeah, he's grown muscle. He's grown muscle. He has hair in his nuts. He's bigger, he's stronger, he's faster than all of these superstar kids that have, that have been on the ice at the age of three all I the know. way through. And then you go through that phase where the superstar parents are sitting there going, holy shit, my kid's not that good. Because I got this, I got this hairy baller who's flying around the ice, knocking my kid off the puck because at 13, there's body contact. You got one kid who's five foot or four foot 10 and weighs 75 pounds. And you got another kid who's 6'2", 180. That's the difference in a 13 year old year. You got some kid, we played kids last year on the Junior Sabres. We played some kids that were six foot two, 108, 70, 80 pounds.
1: How old? 13. I was six feet at 13. I mean, it's and that was a huge separator for me. I mean, that's separator, massive but, separator. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. A lot of
0: times those kids that enjoy, and they enjoy it, man. They enjoy those 13 and 14 year old year where they're just like shitty hockey players that come in and dominate because they're so big. They're so strong. They're so advanced physically. They dominate the game for a couple of years. But here's the thing. The hockey players that have put all of that time and effort in, in the early stages, that have gone through clinics, that have worked on stick handling and proper skating strides and have enjoyed the game, just enjoyed the game, those ones at 16, 17, 18, and beyond, are the ones that take over the game again. And the guys that haven't put in the, there's, there's players that have just dominated the game because of physicality, the size of their bodies, their muscles, their strength. Those players will eventually fall off because they don't have the skill. They don't have the proper skating stride. They don't have the proper hockey IQ. So it's just a long, it's a long, long road. And it's an enjoyable road. If you, if, if you have the right mindset by just allowing your kids, supporting your player, giving them all the opportunities that he wishes and wants, okay? If he wants to go to tournaments in the summertime and he truly absolutely loves it, then do it. If you have the financial means to do it, do it if he loves it, but if he needs a break, There's nothing wrong with shutting things down for weeks and maybe even a month and just getting away because that there is more beneficial by taking a month off could be more beneficial than skating for a month and not having the right mindset. And my parents, my mother and father, never, not one single time in my entire life did my father or my mother push me to do something. I did it because I loved it. I asked for more, but my parents were also the ones that said no. I know you want to go to the rink, Craig, in July, but you're not going to go. And I'd be, I'd be saying, "No, oh, I want to skate. I want to skate more. I want to skate. I want to skate." And they'd be saying, "No, you're not going to
1: skate." It, it's interesting you say that because my brother, who I have, I'm very comfortable with, titling a young phenom. Okay, my brother people looked at my parents and they were like, Jeff wanted, Jeff wanted, I remember being the younger sibling. Jeff wanted to go to Huron hockey camp. Jeff wanted to go to the other hockey camp. Jeff wanted to keep going to these camps and play lacrosse. Like he, he wanted to do this stuff. And, and there was a point where my dad was like, listen, you're not doing all this. You're not doing all this. You're going to play, you're going to play different sports you're going to be, become a more well-rounded athlete. You might fall in love with something else, you know, and Jeff ends up go, going into lacrosse, box lacrosse, not field lacrosse. But anyway, I digress, but I but I get it. I, I, I get what you're saying, and it kind of leads to our next conversation because, you know, all that time and work and effort and everything that went into it and the emotions is exactly why I was in complete shock and awe when Shane Wright did not go first overall pretty much yeah. because of everything you just mentioned like from all the time cuz you said this kid has been on the ice his entire life he's been the highest seated player and talked about since the time he was 12 years old and this draft it was all about Shane Wright one year ago it was all about Shane Wright tank for Wright you know all of it yeah, yeah. and and then so when 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 Montreal announced that they were taking Slavkovsky, is that how you say his name? Yep. I'm not kidding you when I say this. I I honestly, if you go listen to the sound of the crowd, I was one of those people. Like, I was shocked. Shocked. And then he doesn't go number two. And then he doesn't go number three. And all I keep hearing in my head is, you talking about how dominant this kid's been since he was 12 years old. And here he is being delivered to the Seattle Kraken on a silver platter at number four. Yeah. Um,
0: Shane Wright has been, been a special player. You talk about Sidney Crosby. We talk about, uh, maybe Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid's and Steve Stankos that played up in, in Toronto for the junior Canadians, all those years. Um, Shane Wright has been a special player for a very long time. I've known, so I have a, I have a son the same age obviously, played against Shane. Um and uh Shane has been a household name for every 04 parent from here to British Columbia as far as Florida. I mean, he is he is um basically north american known he has been a phenom since a very young age he's dominated every level um playing with his own age group would be not a good situation because remember i just talked about 10 minutes ago about how those uh big hairy ballers came in and dominated and they weren't very good they had no skill that but they were just bigger faster because they had muscle yeah well Put that in Shane Wright, but he was the most skilled player.
1: The, well, the he looks skilled. when you look at him, he can grow a full beard. This kid, he's got the line like he looks well, listen, like I coach. He looks almost a, like he has the face and jawline of an Eric Lindros. Like, like men, they well, were. He's men. not an Eric Lindros. He is I'm not, not talking about the, player. the same size I'm player. I'm talking about like the 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 yeah. the mature physical maturity yeah. of well, their coach bodies. coach
0: I coach Shane Wright um in a in a tournament. My brother, um who has a good uh is a good hockey player at the O three level, um was was building an all-star team back in the day um to go down and play in in a big Toronto uh tournament in the summer called King of the Rings. Every every most people that are listening to this podcast that have a son that plays hockey or is going to know about the King of the Rings. It's a massive tournament. My brother put together um, and made phone calls to many of the players that have been drafted in the last two seasons. Many of those players played on uh, my my brother's hockey this this spring team that he set up. He had one he had one spot left. I told my brother. I said, "Listen, I said, let me make a phone call and see if this kid is available, and uh, we'll we'll go from there." And he's and he said, "Well, who is he?" I said, well, he's an 04. My brother's like, I don't want him. I said, Scott, I said, Scott, this kid is a special kid. Okay. He's very special. Just trust me on this. Let me go and see if he's available. And we argued for 30 minutes on he didn't because he was building, these were some of the greatest hockey players in all of Ontario. I said, just You're not going to regret this. So I phoned the Wrights, talked to the father, told him who was on the team. And he was absolutely would love to play on that team. Know a lot of those players. They're all top-end guys. Love to play there. So Shane Wright shows up to the tournament. The very first shift, he's on the ice. He absolutely tears down the ice like, I mean, a Scud missile and snaps a wrist shot from the top of the circle in the offensive zone, and it goes bar in. This is, this is less than a minute into the game, very first game of the tournament. And I'm coaching the D. My brother's coaching the forwards, and he looks down at me, and I just give him the old smirk.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, listen to your brother. And uh, Shane Wright went on to score nine goals that tournament in six games. He's the leading point producer on, on our team. And my brother was like, I cannot believe how good that kid is. I am not. I said, because he's literally the great. He's the greatest
1: o four 4 on the planet. Then why didn't he go number one? Um, in your opinion. Why didn't he go number two? Why didn't he go number three? Why did he end up at number four? Um, I can't
0: answer. I can't answer the questions. You know, Slavkovsky is is a very very um, interesting hockey player. You know, when you look at the frame of six foot four, two hundred and twenty nine pounds, you're talking about a a player that is twenty or or, or eighteen years old. You're talking about upside. You're not just you're not just all the time looking at what you see right now is what you get. No, you're looking at what can be built um through time with these younger players and Slavkowski's body type at 6'4" 229 and he he played in the Olympics and scored what seven goals. He was leading the the Slovakian Olympic team. He had seven goals. He played in the World Championships. Played very well. These are he's an eighteen year old hockey player, basically playing against NHL caliber hockey. Um, so you got You got a sample size that I think the the Montreal Canadiens really liked they liked to the skill set they liked to the size they like to the skating in a shot um they think well that-
1: hughes hughes was interviewed right after the draft the general manager there hughes and um what's his first name there's so many hughes now in the nhl ken hughes kent hughes sure ken or kent yeah it's kind I of the whole that, but- i can help with the whole pam pan yeah. thing you know what movie that is Hello there, young lady. I think I can help with the whole pan. Okay, brothers. Anyway, so Hughes said that Slavkovsky answered the question. He, lo- he loved his answer uh, earlier that morning when they interviewed him. He said they asked him, what's his favorite part about playing hockey? And he answered um, something along the lines of being up a goal or down a goal in the last minute of the game. You know, like that was his answer. Now, I don't, fuck. Okay. I don't know if that's like some legendary answer. Um, you know, sounds pretty uh, scripted to me, but you know, regardless, that's what he said. So, you know, I, I you look, can at, look that, at
0: that, but every one of these top end draft picks have been, they're like, goddamn guinea pigs you don't think their agents are telling them yeah exactly i know and, I, and, the thing, and, and the, but the thing i think is interesting I know, and these are the answers you're gonna
1: give it's not the answer that i was that i'm impressed with or that i wanted to focus on it's the fact that shane Wright then says after he's drafted after the death stare that he said there was no intent which I call complete bullshit Shane, you stared them down. But
0: anyway, he says a lot of people were not happy with that desk there too. And, and you know what, you can look at it a a couple different ways. And I, I read a lot of comments on, oh, the guy's just a spoiled brat. And what a this, and what a sore loser. And the whole shoot match. I, I read them all. There was a lot of people that were not happy with that stare that Shane Wright gave from who from Seattle. Or like the management in Just, Seattle, yeah, I, or who I don't I don't don't not I don't know where they were from. Be honest with you, but
1: uh, well, his answer that he gave on Sportsnet the other night, while well, while wearing a Seattle Mariners hat during the Blue Jays game just sounded like it was that whole piece was about you know damage control oh no no there's no intent there uh, no intent at all so uh, I was just uh, you know I was staring at the camera but uh, no intent uh, and then he said like no intent six times I'm like okay so what you're saying is there's intent yeah like you're saying you're, which I mean I don't give a shit but it's like get over yourself kid fuck you went forth be happy about that okay, so well, you listen, didn't go I mean, first I'll tell you but this. hold on but he was pissed oh, off about listen. he was pissed off about the fact that he said some where in a post-draft interview that Montreal told him that they were taking him. Yep. So, I mean, I don't know what to believe. I just, I'm kind of like, man, you know, like the the whole draft shouldn't have been about you, Shane. And by the way, the guy behind you, the same. Okay, but hold,
0: hold on here, man. I'm going to come to his defense and I don't come to a lot of these young guys defense because I think they're defense because I think there are a lot of them are entitled and spoiled and the whole shoot match and I'm going to, I'm just gonna say this. I the situation with Shane Wright being drafted fourth overall, walking up on stage, shaking Gary Bettman's hand, smiling to the cameras, and then there was a there was a really uncomfortable about a second to two second stare that Shane Wright sent down to Montreal. I'm gonna tell you something. And you do you believe he sent it down to Montreal, or he was looking, looking right at a kid?
1: Did. Yeah, he did.
0: You want to know? You have to understand something. This kid is uh, a lot of these kids are super super immature okay they're they're 18 year old kids and some of them can't tie their fucking shoes in the morning um or put on underwear but i'm going to tell you this there's shane wright is an ex he has been in the limelight andrew i'm telling you this he has been in the lineups limelight since he was 12 years old he has been a phenom since he was 12 years old that's not Montreal's problem. He is he has been the number one ranked player for three years. Four years. Even before he had exceptional status to the, the OHL. Shane Wright was the most elite 04 player on the planet. Okay. Not I'm saying it's right that he went and stared down Montreal, but he's saying that. They told him that they were going to take him. Um, I think he's very upset. I don't think Shane Wright has had any adversity in this game in his life. He has dominated not only his level, okay? Not only the 4 level. He went up for years and played up a level in the 3 Played for the Don Mills Flyers in Toronto. He... Shredded that league in 72 games. One year, he had 66 goals and 150 points in the best youth league in the world playing up a level. So when he has been, he has been prodded and poked and, and had done interviews with TSN and ESPN and Sportsnet and every, every station, he has been Fine. a guinea pig but for tell years, me this. Fine. but listen to me, I'm not done yet. Get done. This young man is, I'm going to tell you, Seattle Kraken, all the Seattle Kraken fans that are listening to this podcast, which they don't, but if they did, i me tell you right now, you got the hungriest player in the last 30 years that's going to come out of this draft. I believe he is a monster. When it comes to the game of hockey, he is the best overall player right now at age 18 could be different when he's 23. Okay. But right now he is the best player in the world. He's better than Slavkovsky. There's no question about it. Go look at fucking Slavkoski's numbers since he was 16 years old, 15, go back and look at them. Fucking kid hasn't scored anywhere. Yeah. Go back and look at his. He had zero
1: points and zero points in the U twenties. Like he had, you know, like much has barely scored. But I think New Jersey and Arizona made massive, massive mistakes not taking this kid. Why? I don't
0: think. Well, uh, the uh, what is it? Nemec that uh, went second overall. The defenseman. I mean, he he's he's a world class defenseman. He's he's a really really good skater. First time. First time in how many years – well, I think it's first time in history that Ever. you've had a uh, two Slovaks go one and two, okay? And uh, I think it's the first time in history, so great for that country. But uh, Simon uh, Nemec, I, that's what New Jersey needs. Who's New Jersey's number one defenseman right now, Petey? Doug Hamilton. Hamilton. And he's like – how old? Like 33 – this, they need a star defenseman. They picked Hughes. They picked, um, um, who's the other first overall pick uh, from New Jersey?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can't think of his name right now. Why can't, uh, don't put me on the spot with this shit.
0: Yeah. But. Um, He went first and Patrick went second. They picked a lot of forwards over the years in New Jersey and picked some really good forwards. They have some fantastic first picks, first-round picks, but they decided they need that defenseman. They need that defenseman, and this guy is a special offensive puck-moving guy. Nico Heischer. Nico Heischer. He's a great skater. They have their two top centermans. They have Jesper Bratt, Nico Heischer, Jack Hughes. Yeah. So they have some really good forwards. They need defense. I I'm not even I, I'm not even sitting there going, Montreal, you screwed up. I don't think they screwed up. They they picked who they wanted. They they did their due diligence. They love the size. At age eighteen, he's two hundred and twenty-nine pounds, six foot four. By the time he's twenty-three, he's gonna be two forty and he's gonna be man muscle. It's gonna be genetic freak man muscle. He's a great skater. He shoots the puck hard. Slavkoski is going to be a great player. There's been some nice highlights
1: of him coming out of Montreal's uh, prospect. Ah, you game. know, like they're, they're whatever. They're, I don't give a shit. they doing like good. half
0: speed. He's flipping pucks through his legs. Big fucking deal. <laughs> um, but he's, he's a man child. He's, he's, he's a great pick. I don't have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with the second overall pick. Logan Cooley. I don't, what the fuck? Are they on crack? Are they on crack in Arizona? Like I, I honestly, I like Logan Cooley's a good hockey player, okay, had a nice season at the national development program, but I'm going to tell you right now, he's no Shane Wright. He is no Shane Wright whatsoever. And I don't know, I don't know if Gary Bettman basically said, "Hey, uh, Arizona, you're not allowed to pick Shane Wright because we don't want him in that market because it's so shitty." I'm not kidding you. Maybe Gary is on the line with these. With Arizona, we saying, don't want Shane Wright. We don't playing want at Shane ASU. In, <laughs> yeah, we don't want Shane Wright going to college, fucking playing in the NHL. Gonna go play it. Hey, thank you very much, ASU, for allowing us to use your, <laughs> your fucking arena of thirty five hundred.
1: No, no, no it's, NHL. It's logo. Embarrassing. No team NHL logo on the ice in Arizona. Yeah, get the ASU Sun Devil logo. Oh my like Shane, god, Shane Wright.
0: is he, when Shane Wright was fifteen. He got exceptional status. There was only six players. Is it six players that have had exceptional status or five? Some, something like that. One's yeah. John Tavares. One's Steve Stamkos. Connor McDavid. Connor McDavid. Sean uh, another, Day. Sean Day, the defenseman from Little Caesars. Um, and and, and uh, our boy Shane Wright. Uh, Shane Wright. And Shane Wright, in a, when he was 15 years old, 15 years old, Scored 39 goals and had 66 points in 58 games in the OHL. The best junior league in the world. 66 points, 39 goals in 58 games. They were talking about him being number one because he is the number one. You know how many points he had in the next season? 94. No, he had fucking zero.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Because there was no C. no in, in
0: Ontario, they shut that shit down, and Shane Wright didn't see the ice for a year. He sat at home with his parents playing Scrabble. Every, every other place, a little bit different. Sweden never even shut down. I don't know what happened in Slovakia. I don't know what happened in the pandemic and other places around the world, but I'm going to say in Canada, Shane Wright missed an entire season. An entire season had not skated, Okay. Then it comes to his second year, ultimately his second year in the league, who he's now 17 years old and he had 63 games, 32 goals and 94 points, 63 games played 32 goals and 94 points in the playoffs. He had 11, 11 games played. He had 14 points. This guy has two more years of eligibility
1: in the in the ohl
0: and and on that note he missed an entire year of hockey
1: and i'm going to tell you something and what did i tell you on the phone the other day that seattle should do with this kid send him back to junior send him back to sign him give him his nine games send him back to dominate in kingston win a memorial cup go to the world juniors dominate the tournament then go to world champion well you won't be able to go to world championships if you're winning a mem cup but you can also go to, like that has to be the play Pini. with him he is literally no probably no. the most no. ready Don't NHL d- player out there no no he's not he's a yes, year he he's is. a year behind he's a year behind he's a year behind like let's stop let's well, stop what, doing what I would why say why this. would Seattle want to have Matt uh, Beneers yes. and, yep. and this kid in the lineup at the same time. Yeah. So those that do not know Matt
0: Beneers, he was the second overall pick in the 2021 draft. Um, he is a centerman. He he was playing for uh, the University of Michigan, and he will be playing full-time. He played a, a little bit at the end of the year last year. Um, but he will be playing, Matt Beneers will be playing full-time full-time for the Seattle, Seattle Kraken next year. And do you really want, you know, Matt Beneers and Shane Wright to be your number one and two center at the age of both of them are what, 19 and 18. Yeah. I don't think that's a recipe. I, I, what what I will say is this, and I like where you're going with this because I'm in no rush because Seattle Kraken needs to, uh, they need to do some work. They need to do some work and they will. They will get better. But I like the idea of Shane Wright going back to the OHL. And I would be bringing him up after Christmas, after the World Junior Championships. Okay. I would allow Shane Wright to go back there, start playing. I don't even know when they play August, uh, let's say October 1st. He's going to play October, November, December. He's going to play probably close to 30 games. (coughs) Excuse me. He then is going to go to the world championship. He is going to dominate the world championship because he is that good. And he has not had a full year off. He's ready to go. And I would bring him up immediately after Christmas. January 1st, he, he'd he be on my team the rest of the year. But I would want Shane Wright to go back there with a great attitude, okay? Give him and have the plan set in place for him. Talk it out with Shane Wright. Have him understand this is what we want you to do. We want you to go back there. We want you to do this.
1: Sign him. Give him the love. Give him his nine NHL games. No, no. Okay. Even no, I
0: wouldn't give him the nine NHL games because he's going to be playing on my team from January first on. I would be sending him. I would. I would keep him as long as humanly possible, and I would send him back to junior in October, like early October. I'd say I want this program. I would have a conversation with the GM and the coach there. I would say this is what I want this kid to do. I want him riding the bike. I would literally have this. Is I'm not kidding when I say this. There's so much goddamn money in this, in this league nowadays, I would have a person that would go to Kingston and that is going to be with this kid every single day. They're going to figure out and find out exactly what he needs to be eating. The food budget of where he's staying at the billet place is going to go up about 510 tenfold. You're going to be eating properly. You're going to be sleeping properly. You're going to be. You're going to be uh, um, the 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 training and the the workouts and the biking and the whatever that he's doing. They are going to make sure that this kid is ready to rock and roll. And I would have a guy live literally
1: in Kingston with him. Tell me about uh, what you, what your gut was saying because we know who we were there to watch the Sabers make three picks. I mean, we're based out of Buffalo. We both played for the Sabers, but I mean, you know, we follow the whole league. But my heart kind of fell for everybody who wanted Cutter Goche at number nine at number nine for the Sabers. Great pick well, for listen, Philadelphia.
0: I, I I I brought up Cutter Goche uh, months ago, but Cutter Goche at the time. Um, when he started the season, if you go back and look at the the, the rankings, Cutter Goche was like twentieth, ranked twentieth. Then he just throughout the year just kept on moving up, went from twentieth, um, moved up into like the 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 top ten around uh, you know 9, 10. and just within the last month or so, there's such a hype over Cutter Goche. You know the size of him. He's six foot two. He's two hundred pounds. He skates exceptionally well. He shoots exceptionally well. He's got great skills. He's going to be a great hockey player. I wanted him. It's exactly who I wanted in the draft. Exactly who I wanted in 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 the draft. I think he is exactly what the Sabers need. They need some size. They need guys that can skate and have tremendous amount of
1: skill. Well, they didn't. Go that direction, and we will talk about that in in part two of this draft episode, um, because we want to stay with a more saber centric conversation. I, I don't want to get all the way down to to, to their conversation yet, um, but I want to ask you about some other picks in the draft. I know you have winners and losers, and we'll talk about that in the, in in part two of this. But are you surprised that teams allowed Miroshenko to get to twenty? and danila yurov to get to um, minnesota at 24. uh miroshenko
0: um i had again talked about him you know at length number one i've seen him train here at uh turnbull training where there's a, a large number of elite russian hockey players that come over and train at a gym called Turnbull training. I um, mean he he brings in uh all these they had uh, who's who's the 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 um the top guy for uh uh Carolina. Slavkovsky. No. Um their first rounder this year? No, a couple of years back. He's he's like the the Russian kid, drafted second overall. Oh, Sveshnikov. Smeshkov, yes. He was over here training. Um there's been a lot of great great uh players that have come over and trained at this Turnbull training. Um, so I have seen Ivan Miroshenko train. I remember bringing my son there at age 15. Ivan Miroshenko was there at age 15. My son had not lifted a weight once in his life. Ivan Miroshenko, out of the corner of my eye, who was waiting before we went and actually started our workouts, just grabbed 220 pounds off the off a, off a squat rack that was just sitting there and squatted it 10 times, 220 pounds. Kids not even warmed up yet, squatted that 10 times and then just racked it. My son looked at me and it was like, what the hell is this freak? What is he? 22. We didn't even know he was 15 at the time. I had no idea who he was. I'd found out after the first workout that that was Ivan Miroshenko. He's the number one. He
1: is the number one O four player in Russia. So, I've I was I was because of everything you're talking about and like everything you read about his condition and everything and how he's improving. I was very disappointed. The Sabers didn't take a shot at him at sixteen. Not at sixteen. No way. Well, it's only four picks lower, and he goes to play in Washington. What do you mean? So, listen, I mean, Ivan Miroshenko, if he
0: was not injured, and everybody needs to understand this, it's very simple. If Ivan Miroshenko would have not been diagnosed with cancer um, at the early stages of of this season, he would have been a top five pick in the NHL. But
1: But you're saying I'm wrong. When they grabbed Shane Wright of the West at nine and – take us take a waiver on a Russian guy, kind of a question mark at 16 to not let anybody else get their hands on him. I don't know. I think that one might come back, but you know well, listen, again,
0: I mean, we in the in in the next uh, in the next part, part two of this, we'll talk Sabres. We will talk, you know, the first rounders, second rounders, you know, and and a few picks beyond. We'll talk about the picks that weren't taken. You know, everybody, like all I've listened to is everybody just, oh, my God, the Sabres have just absolutely knocked it out of the park with their three picks in the first round. Okay, that's debatable. And here's the thing. In this city, it's absolutely insane how everybody is just like, oh,
1: it's outstanding. How about this? You got... You have people that aren't even scouts drooling over like seventh, eighth, and ninth rounders. Like, oh, unbelievable pick with this guy in the eighth round. Like, how the fuck do you know? Like, have you seen the seventh, eighth, ninth rounders and how many have made it in the last few years? And someone else was like, well, I'll tell you this. I think if you hit on six of these 11, six? Yeah. Six? Was the last time a team fucking hit on six players in a draft? Yeah. Well, it doesn't listen, happen. Maybe over the course of four years. We'll talk we need about to hit on three of these 11.
0: Two, and you're doing really well. We'll talk like, about the Sabres picks. We'll give our opinions. We're going to do it. Um, but people need to understand, there was a lot of players that were not picked in the NHL draft that are outstanding hockey players. panophemus. Pano Femus was the second overall player taken in the OHL draft. He didn't even get drafted. He had 44 points playing on a horrendously shitty-ass team in Niagara. Okay? He had 44 points in 54 games and never got drafted. On a horrendously bad hockey team. This kid was drafted second overall into the OHL. How is he not drafted? There's a player that's going to be at camp, at the Sabres camp. His last name, Sova, defenseman. Six foot one, probably about 190 pounds. He's a genetic freak. You're going to sit there and watch that kid skate and watch him shoot. And you're going to sit there. And I guarantee all the people that listen to this podcast, please go watch him. It's the guy that was invited to camp. It's the guy that was invited to the camp. He was a six overall pick. to eerie in the OHL draft two years ago. Okay. This kid didn't get drafted. How is that even possible? Okay. Go and watch him at the Sabres. Go and watch this undrafted kid. And he's going to be as good as any defenseman that's out there. He's big. He can absolutely fly. He can shoot the puck like a missile. And I've watched him since he was like 13 years old, 12 years old. And uh, there's a lot of players out there. Because you are not drafted means jack shit. Because in today's game, there are so many great players out there. Um, that mature at different times, that some may need a little bit longer to, to physically and mentally mature. Sometimes it doesn't happen when you're just turning 18. Sometimes it, it takes a little bit longer. And uh, there's a lot of great, great players. Bo Jalsma, a former Buffalo Sabre that played on my team. He had like 25 fucking goals last year in the OHL. Not drafted. Guy's an absolute bottle rocket. Hardest working player I've ever I've ever seen. He wasn't drafted. Unbelievable. There was, there's so many players out there that are not drafted, that were not drafted. I can name cunts. And I'm going to tell you right now. They're hungry, and they're going to get better, and they're <laughs> going to stick with it, and you're going to see those guys are gonna
1: those guys are gonna win jobs later on i I, well look at colorado had two guys on their team that were undrafted key pieces that o'connor and then there was a there was another guy too um european player um and i just thought it was fitting too that marty saint louis opened the draft and said that exact thing you know like it's not what happens you know if you're drafted or whatever, it's what you do after the draft. No,
0: that's not what he said.
1: What did he say? He Said Sorry, thank a, you, Montreal, week, for having a, me. I, here. I would have
0: remembered had it's we done been the show. 40 fucking seven years that I've been at a draft. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> oh yeah, there you go. I'm wrong. Sorry, Petey, for being wrong. No, actually, I'm right. He said this right. Is the first time in 47 years I've been at a draft because Martin Saint Louis
1: was never drafted. Am I wrong? No, you're you're right. That's there you go. I'm always right. So did he not say after that, <laughs> it's not what you do or if you're drafted or not, it's what you do after is the work you put in away. That's right. Oh, okay. So he did say that too. Right, Craig? Fuck.
0: Gives a shit what you do after. It's about 47 years. He's never been at your draft. Martin St. Louis, hockey all of famer. He's an absolute stud. Stanley I'm Cup speaking winner.
1: for the players that aren't drafted. Don't overthink it.
0: There's a ton of players, man. Yeah. I'm just looking at Bo Jalsma's stats right now in the OHL. First year in the OHL because he got drafted, and then it was a COVID year. So he never played one single game. Never skated nothing. He comes to the OHL in his first game, Bo Jalsma, a kid from Junior Sabres. 27 goals, 47 points in 68 games. This kid next year will have doubled his stats. He'll have almost 100.
1: Anyway, love. about of great the parents making out? Lamaru's parents before we get out of here. Holy smokes! I mean, it's getting more. It's getting more attention than it really deserves. But it's funny. It's quite the kiss, you know. Well, for listen, it, I, mean, I guess I just I guess I just don't expect two parents that have been together that long to really love each other that much.
0: <laughs> yeah. well, listen, I mean, you got the the mother slipping the tongue to the dad at the draft. Like I'm like, what is going on here? And every you know, like. It, it's <laughs> like wow! I haven't seen that in a while.
1: But part part two, we will rev up the uh, well rev up the Sabers train on this one and uh, give you our honest opinions on uh, what we thought of the draft, winners and losers of the draft, and uh, some free agency chat as well. That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter after the whistle. And at Craig fifty two at the Instigator seventy six. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.